Well, uh, it's it's Valentine's Day, the day before uh, spring training officially begins, pitchers and catchers. And, and today we're going to do a deep dive on the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team about to celebrate uh, its 25th anniversary, or I guess it's 20, 26th season, uh, 25 years of D-backs baseball. They started with a flash uh, and maybe not so much since. Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. Okay, so the Diamondbacks, um, you you have the same experience as I do with the Mets, actually, and the ex uh, the, or the Expos, I should say, and the Padres in 1969 because I was about 10 years old, and when you were the same age, uh, the Diamondbacks um, and the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the Tampa Rays came into being. So, uh, talk a little bit about what you you well, think I, about the D-backs. Well, I think I think that th- that's exactly the, you know what what I was going to say is that you know I remember everything about the D-backs because I've actually been there for all of it. You know, it, it's one of the unique aspects to an expansion team that you know I've gotten to see their entire history. And they did come out of the gate flying. I think we can all say that they were very good at the start of their tenure and certainly the 2010s and the early 2022s have not been nearly as kind to them but (laughs) i think getting that world series over the yankees and then in the fashion they did it i remember those teams fondly i I don't know why but i do you know well randy johnson kurt schilling teams (laughs) You, uh, if I said one name, you probably would think, well, that would be something that that put it together for you, Todd Pratt. Yeah, because he hit the home run against the Diamondbacks, and I think what was that, the '99 ALDS to win NLDS, yes, NLDS, NLDS, yeah, and he hit the game-winning home run to put them in. But that wasn't the year they went to the World Series because the Mets went the next season. Exactly, exactly. As a matter of fact, so what's remarkable about the Diamondbacks is they are the fastest franchise in Major League history to win a World Series after their inception. So they, so they how, started how much did in they beat the Marlins by? One year. One year, okay. <laughs> One year. Uh, the Marlins came in in 93 and won in 97. The D-backs came in in 98 and won in 01. So it's only one-year difference. Uh, yeah, very good it, that you picked it, up on that. It, interesting that you have those two franchises, both in the end now, that came in and had success instantly, you know, which is unusual well, for most franchises. It's amazing to me with the D-backs, right? Because, you know, an expansion team comes in and um, the manager of that first uh, D-backs team, uh, Met fans will be familiar with because it was the same Buck Showalter that's managing the Mets now. And and in the first season, they lost 97 games. Uh, but they did something in that first season that they've never done since as well. And that is they drew 3.6 million fans to the Bob at the time. Uh, remember, it was the Bank One ballpark and it had the pool right. out there and all that stuff. And they still Chase have the pool out there, one, right? Right, I still have the cheese, but now it's Chase Field because Chase bought Bank One. But the Bob was kind of a cool name for a ballpark, and 3.6 million people went to go see them play. They've never had 3.2 million fans in a season since. It's got to be tough in Arizona, even if you're playing inside a dome, to draw people for a summer sports game that's outside. Just, right, it's right. going to be hot. You're not going to get and you're not going to get a lot of fans traveling from other places to come into Arizona to see it, especially once the novelty of that first season has worn off. 
but it's not like the Phoenix area hasn't grown uh, in, in substantially since the Diamondbacks were founded in 98. So there's more people in the area. They're just not going to the D-backs games. Right. I mean, last no, year, but I mean, they, they, they drew 1.6 million. That's that's less than half. Yeah, but unfortunately, I'm sure if you looked at the demographics of the people, the people that have greatly expanded the Phoenix area, it's much like certain pockets of Florida. You could have tons of people, you know, in those areas. And unfortunately, they're all 65 and not going out to sports games. <laughs> right, right. Unlike the Yogi Berra thing where nobody goes there uh, anymore. It's too crowded. Nobody goes to, D- to Arizona in the summertime because it's too darn hot. Yeah, nobody wants to be there. <laughs> so they, they won 100 games in their second season. And, and I don't think we talk about that at all. Uh, when you really think about winning 100 games is a pretty cool thing. And to do it in your second season is amazing. Of course, they had a guy named Randy Johnson uh, that came onto the team who posted an 8.6 war in, in 1999. Um, but, you know, right away, and they, they dropped by fans by 600,000 almost in, from one season to the next, and they made the playoffs. Now, that's not uncommon to see expansion franchises have a major drop off in attendance like the, the Rockies we talked about is a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. But part of that is just because the novelty has worn off. You're going to get a lot of people that come that first season because it is the new baseball team that aren't even necessarily baseball fans, but they live in the area. So they want to go see. So, but so I do think it's interesting that that just the addition of Randy Johnson, I'm sure some other, you know, changes would lead from a team that, you know, lost 90 something games to then winning a hundred the next season. Right, right. I mean, that's that's an amazing turnaround. They spent money on the team, and um, a guy that uh, basketball fans will know as well, Jerry Colangelo, who owned the Suns and uh, had them uh, uh, and Barkley playing against Michael Jordan and, and the Bulls, um, is a, sort of an empresario who had, owns a bunch of teams in, in Arizona still to this day and, and got the Diamondbacks kind of going. Um, one of the original names for them, uh, in addition to the possibility of going with the Diamondback, was the Arizona Coyotes um, or the Rattlers or the Scorpions and um, I, I, I hope that they're happy with Diamondbacks. I think that's a pretty cool name. Um, and and we talk about Buck Showalter, and he was there, you know, for uh, several years. And and a really unfortunate thing happened to Buck uh, Showalter is they were good after that first season, as 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 I said. And he was fired after the 2000 season and replaced by Bob Brenly, a former major league catcher and he came out of the broadcast booth, did Brenly, and led the D-backs to the World Series title the very next year. Uh, and that was uh, quite something. In fact, that 2001 series that Brenly won was the first series t- to have the home team winning all seven games. It's since happened after that, as a, uh, as a matter of fact. So, Wild that it know, didn't happen for that long, though, because you'd think that right. would just kind of happen because that's, that's what's supposed to happen when you – but, you know, so often in the World Series, one team's just better. <laughs> We've talked about that right, a lot. Right, right. Right, right. So um, the and in Arizona in general, so they, they win the World Series in 2001. Um, they they had never won any pro sports title in any sport. As a matter of fact, unless I miss my guess, I still think that's the only one. Right. The, the Suns Card- have never won. The Cardinals, the Cardinals have never. Yeah, the not Card- in Arizona. Phoenix haven't the Coyotes haven't won a Stanley Cup. Coyotes haven't won. So, the, you know, and, and I, I can't speak for I can't think of any other sport. Well, certainly not a major one. <laughs> Right, right, right. One of the major ones. I mean, if they won a, a, a soccer, you know, champion, I don't think they even have a team. So, uh, I, you know, and again, disc golf championship or something. <laughs> so they won three division titles, you know, 99, 2001 and 2002 before going to the World Series and winning. So they were really, 
you know, flying. Right. Uh, but and, but and part of the issue, yeah, because part of the <laughs> issue was is that uh, they had to spend a lot of money to get those division titles. And unfortunately, then um, they had to pay that money. And that came home starting in, you know, 03, 04, when you just they just didn't have the money to pay all these free agents and they were just held back because now you had all these older guys on the team that you were paying all of this money to and you couldn't make the moves that you needed to make to be competitive anymore and also in 03 uh randy johnson and kurt Schilling, and and we haven't mentioned his name yet with the diamondbacks but you know they obviously they were the keys to winning the 01 series uh but they sur- uh, suffered injuries these were older guys Right. right. So they're they were already breaking. getting paid a lot. Now they're going to start breaking down. And then, of course, you know, you think you're you're making the right move. You're going, OK, we, well, we only want to keep one aging pitcher. We'll trade off Schilling the offseason going into 04 and get some stuff back from him because, you know, he's probably not going to be that great. And then he helps the Red Sox break the curse. <laughs> and he was phenomenal in that postseason. So bloody sock and all. Yeah. Bloody so, uh, that had to hurt a little bit too. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah. And all of a sudden Brenly Brenly became a much worse manager. <laughs> amazing and you know this guy never got another job and it has had some controversial comments which we won't get into here but i i think his genius was basically named Schilling and johnson uh for the most right. part i'm pretty sure a lot players. of people could have managed that team you know you'd be like okay like kurt you're gonna pitch today then randy you'll pitch the next day oh, wow that was tough <laughs> so um basically he uh uh, Colangelo resigns uh, in in 2004. Uh, couldn't even finish it, and and the Diamondbacks really haven't made a lot of noise since. In fact, uh, I was surprised that they, while they have an all-time record within 120 games of 500, so a 485 winning percentage, um, uh, 1914 wins and 2,034 losses, um, they have 12 seasons below 500, 11 seasons above 500, and two 500 seasons. So that's actually probably better because they've been so bad in recent years i guess it's hard to you know to think that they even would have had enough good seasons to be that close to you know 50 50 right right you 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 tend to overrate the bat you know if we talked about the astros circa 2017 we'd be talking about how they were a terrible franchise now we talk about them like they're completely differently you know a completely different franchise because of the success that they've had so i think with the diamondbacks it's sort of a case of a bit of recency bias where they've not been good in recent years which has amplified the fact that overall they've never been that great outside or very early on in their history so the diamondbacks are the last of our one-time world series winners in our deep dives and in fact the very next one i think we're going to start with the houston astros who just by the nick of this past season had got their second one uh in there and and had we talked about like you say the the uh, astros uh even five years ago they would have had zero yeah yeah so there's there's your recency bias right there so, um, so looking at you know at at the Diamondbacks, um, one one thing I thought about was you know like who are the all time Diamondbacks and who's been there a long time and and the first thing I noticed is they've never had a Diamondback play ten years for the franchise. That's not as surprising as you think it is. Really, because, I think it's really surprising. I mean, they've been around for about 25, 26 seasons, right? But 20, everybody- this is this will be the twenty sixth this year. 
But everybody that initially starts with the franchise is going to be expansion players, and you're probably not going to have that many rookies as part of that franchise. So you're not going to have any guys from those, that initial batch of years until you've started to develop a farm system and get that up and running that you are going to be able to be 10-year veterans. So because, you know, it, it just becomes a lot harder because you you have to have a guy basically start. You, you don't have the thing set up. So. I think it's interesting, but I wonder if we would find many ten-year raise players if we looked. Uh, okay, you, you've challenged. I will. I will go and look for that. They will have one this year because unless they trade Nick Ahmed, uh, who's the shortstop, uh, he this will be his tenth season for the D-backs this year. And they just traded David Peralta, who had nine, so he would have been another guy that would have made it. Um, but I, I still think it's interesting, you know, because when you talk about great players in 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 Diamondbacks history, it's around the World Series, but you don't really have those. And like, well, he's a D-back through and through. I don't think I would have guessed it was Nick Ahmed was was going to be the first guy. Right, and I think that just comes from a bit of East Coast bias and us not being there watching the team day in and day out. Because I'm sure if we were in Arizona and we were following the team, there would be guys that we would look at like that. But because we're not, we can only think of them as uh, you know on the level of achieving greatness, which comes down more to the mercenary guys they had at the beginning of their history. <laughs> I like the way you say mercenary. Yes, that's true. Um, that's well, true. I mean, um, in Schilling's case, it was pretty mercenary. Well, uh, you know, I felt bad for Buck Showalter with the Diamondbacks because if you remember, he was the manager of the Yankees um, before they got rid of him and brought in Torrey, who went on to win five World Series. <laughs> it was literally one year that they started winning. And the same thing happens to him with the Diamondbacks. That he leaves. So uh, um, basically, is, you know, so what you're saying uh, is, is we need to get rid of Buck. <laughs> I'm wondering that any Mets fans going, nah, we can't really. Like, Buck's great. We love him. I, I, and, and, it did, and it didn't happen with the Orioles. So that he broke the, he broke, broke it there. You know, he, did, he, he didn't do it with the Orioles. So Buck Showalter um, is one of two managers with a uh, greater than 500 record, Bob Brenly being the other one. Um, and since then, no D-back manager has ever had a 500 record. Um, and I can go down the list of, of what I think are names that a lot of people don't even know. Al Padrique, which I don't even remember him managing them. Bob Melvin, who's managing now obviously, and, and I always thought it was a good major. I didn't remember A.J. Hinch managed the, yep. the D-backs in, in 09 and 10. Kurt Gibson somehow managed the D-backs for five years. I remember he was there, many, but five years, that surprises me because I don't think I realized it was that long. Uh, and Alan Trammell replaced him in, for three games in that season, so that doesn't really count. Chip Hale managed them for a couple of years, um, and Tori Lavulo has been there, and, and he has the, the, the opportunity to be the longest tenured Diamondbacks manager now. Um, and he's, he came there in 2017, so this will be his, what, his seventh season? Um, and, so. there's some, and this is a tough because there's some expectations on that team this year. I think Diamondback fans would tell you that they should be competing for third place in that division. Obviously, catching the, the likes of the Padres and the Dodgers is a bit much to ask. That would be a bit much to ask of probably all about about two or three teams in baseball you know if you put them in a division they would struggle with them so but i think there's a if you're a diamondback fan knowing what you looked at last season for this team there's no reason why you think that they couldn't compete with the giants for third place and if you have a particularly good season who knows maybe you can sneak into that last wild card spot 
So yeah, let's talk about the the current Diamondbacks, and then we'll finish with the uh, uh, by war at least the the, the, the historical Diamondbacks yeah. of all time, that kind of a thing. And there's not that many because they haven't been around that long. Let's let's you know, let's be frank about that. Um, so if I mention the players, to, to would you you'll have familiarity, but I think you always say as do I about the bias of being on the East Coast and trying to follow the Diamondbacks, and you know you you know Christian Walker's on that team if you've you know been there, you know a while. But and I mentioned Nick Ahmed. Um, uh, Evan Longoria is there now, and and we've talked about Evan Longoria um, as being you know if he if he got really hot in, in the last three four years of his career, somebody who might actually get a sniff at you know God is this guy possibly a Hall of Famer because he's got some Hall of Fame stats with the three hundred home runs in his career and being an excellent fielder and so on and so forth. But Cattell Marte um, signed him to a big deal. No, I think he's a really fine player. We don't really see very much. But if I mention other guys like Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy, um, Lourdes Goriel Jr., you probably know Carson Kelly, um, like him at catcher. Um, I, I, I think it was, what the Diamondbacks are counting on are guys like Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy taking the step up this year and really joining Walker and Marte. And, and if those guys do that, they will have a very potent top of their lineup because, you know, Christian Walker is probably the best first baseman in baseball people don't know about. I think he doesn't get. The okay, credit. yeah, you're you're going to dangerous area, best first baseman, but you're right. That don't know about it. He that, had a, a really good year last year. He was really good. He plays very good defense. I think people put they look too much at the average and they don't look at all the other stuff that he does. Um, and so I think that he's a guy that they have some pop in their lineup. And I think that you're counting on these young guys to kind of finally come up and you're hoping to get an oddly Rutschman, Julio Rodriguez type performance out of some of these young guys where they, they quickly ascend to that superstar level. But but go, going to the pitching side, right? So I, I kind of agree that the lineup is, I'm going to say good enough, but the lineup is is pesky and 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 could be better with some of these young guys really kind of come on strong. Um, you know, I, I think they have enough there. And, and they have a great, what I consider number one, who had a fabulous year last year in Zach Gallen. Right? Oh, Another yeah. guy that very few people know about this guy. And he had an amazing season in 2022. I mean, he, he's definitely a guy that, you know, he, he's looking – not not necessarily that he isn't right now, because I think you could certainly argue that he definitely is a top five pitcher in the National League, but he's looking in the Diamondbacks are hoping that he will assert himself as one this season, that, that there's a definitive claim like Sandy Allen Contra did over, you know, last season and this season before where no, there's no doubt about it. This guy's, you know, a bona fide stud. And then it's about whether or not some of the other guys on this staff can kind of come together and have themselves a season. That's what they kind of need more than anything else. And I think there's some hope. You have some young guys on there that we we haven't really seen a lot of. And so we hope that maybe, who knows, they could have a breakout sort of season. You, you use the same word I was going to. You go to Zach Allen, and then you have to hope, right? Because you've got Merrill Kelly, who is, you know, the little girl with the curl. And, you know, like when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, he's really bad. Um, Madison Bumgarner, who I, I would say, you know, calling him a veteran pitcher is almost nice because he hasn't been very good uh, in the past couple of years. Zach Davies, uh, you know, yeah, he had some the, decent I, years. I, I, I think the issue is that for the <laughs> Diamondbacks is that you have both Bumgarner and Davies in the 
staff because you have a young guy in Ryan Nelson who you're hoping is going to be something and is going to be a top of the rotation pitcher. Merrill Kelly is fine as your two or your three, depending on where Nelson kind of comes in because you have Gallon as your one. But the issue is with both Bumgarner and Davies kind of filling that veteran innings eater role. You don't really want to have two of those guys on your staff because it's not, but a lot of teams are there. And then, so the other question for them is, is will their bullpen be able to step up this year? Because while it was great for portions last year, it was uneven from what I remember. Right, right. And they've got some other young starters that, you know, might get an opportunity and Tommy Henry um, and Brandon Fat um, and and Dre Jameson, all young, you know, mostly hard throwing, you know, not Dre Jameson uh, uh, no, pitchers um, that may get their opportunity with an older rotation in there. You think you might get that chance. When you get to the bullpen, um, you know, you've got a 37-year-old, uh, I guess he'll be 38 before the season starts, Mark Melanson, um, who's still a very good pitcher, uh, but you know that that's kind of you know you always you worry to- with older pitchers like that they go really quickly. All of a the sudden, they just won't be able to get anybody out, and you just have to hope that it's not at the beginning of the season, you know, because if Melanson collapses late in the season, you hope you have some other young guy kind of ready in the wings to come in and step up for him. If he falls apart in early April, then you have a nightmare season on your hands. So let me go through the rest of the bullpen for you and see what you think. Joe Mantiply, I think we'd both agree. Good pitcher. Uh, nice lefty. Probably probably one of their you know, uh, two best bullpen pitchers with Melanson. But then you go to Miguel Castro. We Met fans know about the recent Miguel Castro, who was okay. You know, yeah. uh, Stop McGuff. Kevin Ginkle, Kyle Nelson, Cole Sulcer, Carlos Vargas, Austin Adams. Here's a name you might know. Jury's familiar. Uh, who's a journeyman reliever at this point. Right, by this point. At this point. So, so, you know, they, they've got a lot of guys, you know. there. But, but they have I, a lot I, of guys. Know, That's kind of all they have. Guys. So, so, so when you say they're going to challenge the Giants for a wild card spot, um, you look well, at the Well, I don't think they're think, necessarily challenging the Giants for a wild card spot. I think they're challenging for third place. In third place. Game. You're right. You're right. You didn't say that. Be- I, because right. I, I think there's a difference because you could be challenging for third place and not be close to the wild card. I think in the best seasons for the Diamondbacks, in the best 2023 seasons for the Diamondbacks, they are challenging for the wild card. But I think that that's about the limit of what you could expect from them without it being some kind of like, well, nobody could have expected them to perform like them like this kind of situation. And then I guess I'll go right now and say that, yeah, right now I'm not thinking the Giants are challenging for a wild card spot either. No, no I, would, season, I wouldn't particularly think either one of those teams would be challenging for a wild card spot. But I think they'll be fighting for third place because I think both of them are better than the Rockies. So so let's let's close up our, our deep dive on the D-backs um, with their all-time players by B-War while they were Diamondbacks. And this is important because you have to think about, okay, did they, you know, great player Schilling came through there but probably didn't play enough of the D-backs, which is true. Uh, so who's your number one if you just had to guess? If you haven't looked, if you have, that's fine. Well, I haven't looked, but if I had to guess, number one – so I know he played a long time there. So I'm going to say Johnson because he played a bunch of seasons there. 
And you are correct, correct, correct. He had a 50.9 war only because he had ridiculous, like, eights, you know, eights and stuff like that in season, 8.6 yeah. and things of that nature. Uh, and he he is the number one by a fair margin uh, uh, over, over Paul Goldschmidt, who's number two. But Johnson went into the Hall of Fame as a Diamondback. I don't know if I even remember that. Do you? I do remember that. He spent a lot more of his career there than I think people realize. Because he, yeah. he was perfect game there too, and that was a big deal for him. And he, now well, he's he an award-winning photographer. He, 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 and he was. I remember when he was with the Yankees, uh, taking taking shots out of the helicopter, and, and probably Steinbrenner going, "Oh my God, don't fall out." Um, uh, Seattle, ten years; Arizona, eight years. So you know, I thought that was interesting, and and I guess Seattle, you know, kind of you know has you had a few at, Hall of Famers go in there, but his performance at, was better with the with the Diamondbacks. And you also have to look at his early career with Seattle. He did not do particularly well, and he didn't play particularly much. Right, right. And and I guess I didn't realize, you know, the two years he played for the Expos, as I remember him as an Expo, um, uh, he was hurt the whole time. And I, when Johnson started his, his early career, uh, with, you know, with the Expos, you just thought, well, this is a big guy who, like Sandy Koufax, can't find the strike zone uh, and gets hurt a lot. Believe it or not, that's what you kind of thought about the guy early in his career. Right, right, because that's all he had shown you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Goldschmidt is the, is the number two guy. Um, hmm. With a 38 war, a um, uh, 39.9 war, I should as a D back, um, and uh, he has a pretty good chance of putting up something close to that if he stays a few years with the Cardinals. Um, and we've talked about him; he's on a Hall of Fame track um, if he manages to maintain well, have seasons close to what he did last year with a 7.8 war. He's got a 58.5 career war. Yeah, um, he does that for another and- two, three seasons. He's looking in real good shape. So he's got eight years with the Cards, eight years with the Diamondbacks, and four years with the Cardinals. Um, I would say if he does go into Cooperstown um, and has four years, it's going to be a toss-up, right? If he pitches, has it comes uh, down to who more. he enjoyed his time with more and who identifies with more. And I think you know what it might be a couple postseason trips with the Cardinals might. Right. 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 If he wins a World Series with the Cardinals, that's going to change things as it did for Randy really Johnson. Easy, then. Yeah. 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 So the number three guy is uh, Brandon Webb. Oh. Um, and you remember Brandon Webb? Cy, almost Cy Want Young winner. He had a, that devastating sinker, but I think it blew out his arm from having to throw it. And once once he lost that, he just was never the same pitcher. He, he, he went from being a stud to just having nothing really quickly. He was a dominant pitcher. I right, mean, he was you dominant. Know, like, Dominant pitcher. Yeah, yeah. And a 31 career war, which surprised me because he had to do it in just, as you say, just a few seasons um, because he was he was hurt and that got pretty much shut down his career. Um, our, our friend Luis Gonzalez uh, checks in at fourth with a 30 career war for the D-backs. And this is already we started thinking, wow, he didn't even play for them that long. So, right. you know, that tells you about the history of the Diamondbacks and and, and, and holding on to players. Uh, I think he only played, what, six, uh, eight, yeah, he played eight years for the D-backs. So I, I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah, but I, like, now, now we're at number, like, I'm, I'm expecting Schilling to show up somewhere around He's next. Now. Okay. He's next at 25-3. Um, and then we go down the line to a guy who's still playing. Uh, and I'm not, I don't mean to give Schilling, Schilling a short shrift, but again, you know, really great I, seasons when he was there. Um, but he wasn't, but he wasn't there, there long. very long. He only played four years for the D-backs, so it's kind of hard to. Uh, but four amazing years with the D-backs. So and, um, and then you the know, next, we have a current guy on the list. Well, yeah, AJ Pollock is. Oh. I think he's still active in the major leagues, and he is sixth all time, which you know with an 18 WAR. And so now you know you're kind of getting you quickly go down, right? To right. you know Zach yeah. Greinke is right behind him. 
you and know, he did not. He was not there for a particularly long time. So I, I, I think you, you, you're kind of now at the point where you just had guys that had a couple good seasons with the team. And I think this is something we'll see of his less as we get into the teams that have had much longer histories. This is, you know, more yeah. so for the teams that you know mostly the Rays and the Diamondbacks, just because with only 25 seasons, guys can only have played so many seasons for them. And we, as we talked about before, only one guy is getting his 10th season with the D-backs this year. Well, and, 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 and so the next guy in the list, I think, is interesting only because he's eighth all time um, on the D-backs career war list, but it's, it's only about a 16. He's got a 44 career war, uh, this player. Um, and if I said, you know, if it weren't for his lousy on-base average and batting average, Steve Finley with 304 career home runs. Did you know that Steve Finley had 304 career That's home runs? a lot runs? of home I runs. I certainly did not. That's it's a, a lot I'm, of home runs. I'm impressed by that number. And, and along with the five gold gloves, um, MVP wow. votes in two years. This guy had a much better career than than I I, I know. I don't, the time not he spent with the Diamondbacks, not a Hall of Fame career. No, no, just just not quite enough. Uh, you know, an, an almost guy, but a, a better major league player than I, I'd say I probably would have given him credit for. But he checks in at number eight, and there's only four more. And and Cattell Marte is one of them. Okay, David uh, Peralta is one of them. After that. Uh, now you're just getting Dan, guys that have been with the team a whole bunch. Danny Heron, who was a, a good pitcher for a short while. Uh, and the 12th guy is Chris Young. Um, and, and Chris Young, not the pitcher, right? <laughs> Chris Young, the hitter. With, yeah, that, with 191 a- career home runs, but a 235 career batting average. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the D-back, hey, they've only been around 25 years. So you can take a lot of franchises first 25 years and you might not even get, you know, for uh, several of them, like, and we can say that easily, um, a World Series championship, much less somebody that has been there, as you say, 10 years, you know, in that 25 year span. But uh, uh, we'll have to look in, at the at the Rays and see if they've got any as well. But I think I think ultimately the future is looking up for the Diamondbacks. Maybe not this season or even next season, but you're hoping that the Dodgers are aging out of their window at this point. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to deal with the the Padres, but that is a free agent laden money team, and who knows how long they can sustain that. So, you know, you're hoping that a couple of your guys can take the step this year and then you could be in a position to compete and be a top team in the NL West. And then, you know, who knows, maybe three, four seasons from now, we're talking about the D-backs like they're a powerhouse perennial franchise. Well, and and, uh, every team, you know, obviously plays every other team this year. So I guess half of the teams in the American League are going to go, some of them maybe for the first time, to the formerly ballpark, formerly known as the Bob, uh, and play the the D-backs in what is a pretty fair ballpark. I don't think it's a pitcher's or, or hitter's park, per se, one way or the other. At least that's my perception. You know, uh, no, the I desert air so. doesn't doesn't make it a home run park necessarily. So uh, I wonder if they'll enjoy yeah, the, I, 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 the pool. <laughs> I really like listening to their manager, Tori Lavulo. I've heard him uh, speak a number of times, uh, you know, in, in interviews and whatnot. And just a real thoughtful guy. I root for the team mainly because, you know, I, I'd like to see them do well and, and hopefully knock the, uh, the, the Padres and the Dodgers down a couple of pegs. That'd be fun. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on Twitter at Almost Google.